I'm Jason Lewis. And I'm Todd Deshida. Welcome to Climate Optimus. As a couple concerned citizens, we're on a journey to explore climate solutions and ways each of us can make a difference. You know, when we hear the media and politicians talking about climate targets, we often hear about the year 2030. And this week, we'll be doing a short episode focused on what's behind the, the 2030 target and, and why it's so important. So before we dig in, wanted to acknowledge the disappointing, albeit not surprising, decision of the U.S. Supreme Court to limit the ability of our Environmental Protection Agency to regulate carbon emissions. You know, frankly, just underscores the importance of, you know, getting legislation passed in the Senate because we can't rely on, you know, a body like that that's out of touch with the reality of climate change and, and the threat it poses to be deciding our fate. So, you know, I had a good run yesterday to, to process my frustration. But yeah, I think now it's just all about pushing on the Senate, given that we're just a vote or so short of getting what we need. I don't know, Todd, you have, you have thoughts? Well, obviously it was frustrating, but I would say it really caught me off guard. I, I didn't really know this was, was coming, but I mean, I don't find it that surprising. I Obviously, this this court is in particular on a on a roll here, and it's you know kind of a scary thing to see this whatever this logic is that they're they're using to kind of overturn you know decades of precedent and really with with kind of an agenda behind it. And I know it's usually the right who has a lot of criticism of the courts and the government and kind of overstepping. And I don't really see how you could view a lot of this as anything but that and it it just <laughs> yeah it it's really pretty staggering so yeah i mean i think the the biggest lesson learned for me is you know you don't leave environmental policy up to you know nine people in in black robes you need to really get that done at the legislative level so that's yeah that's why we got to lean on our representatives to get this addressed right yep i agree so moving on uh, when it comes to climate targets, <laughs> most of us are familiar, you know, w- with kind of the basic numbers. We need to limit temperature rise to one and a half degrees Celsius or less. We need to cut our emissions by half or close to half by 2030 with the next goal of reaching net zero by 2050. And I guess one of the questions is, why do we need a 2030 target and then a 2050 target? Yeah, I, in prep for this episode, had to get a little more versed on the rationale myself. I think mm-hmm. I had assumed it was a way to really track progress. In other right. words, you know, if you have kind of a, a middle target, then you know whether you're on track or not. But there's mm-hmm. actually more to it than that. In the big scheme, what really matters is, you know, how hot we get, how mm-hmm. long we stay hot, and then how quickly temperatures decline. And the best way to think about that is in relation to, you know, all of the glaciers around the world, right? You know, yeah. how much those melt is a, is directly impacted by the temperature, how long we stay at that temperature and, and the rate of decline. Right. And we all know temperature is driven by, you know, the concentration of, of CO2 and related global warming pollutants in the atmosphere. Now, there's a little bit of a temperature lag it's kind of like car parked in the sun, right? You park a car in the sun, it doesn't get hot right away, but if you come back to it an hour later, 
things are pretty warm. And that's sort of the same right. way, you know, CO2 concentrations go up and then it takes a little while for the temperature to catch up. And so that all really leads into the idea of what we call like a carbon budget. So we put a lot of carbon up there. We're already sitting in about 1.1 degrees Celsius of warming. And so scientists have said, you know, we basically have this remaining carbon budget that we need to stay within. Mm. And so the 2030 target is really about ensuring that we curb our CO2 output sooner. And then by doing that, that gives us more time to work within that budget to deal with more difficult to address sources, you know, because we know we have things like wind and solar and electric vehicles, but there are a lot of sectors that are harder to abate and we're going to need more time. And so if we can hit 2030, it gives us that longer runway before we run out of that carbon budget. I get you. So, so it's not like a great idea to, to not do anything until 2030 and then plan to like hit it hard. Yeah, I, I think that's right. So, you know, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, or often referred to as the IPCC, they modeled hundreds of different scenarios looking at sources of emissions. And in each of those scenarios, they're looking at you know, how quickly we reduce our emissions and then what that results in terms of temperature. And then they have like a probability they assign to that. Mm. And the reality is we're putting out way too much CO2 right now to stay within that, our carbon budget and keeping temps, you know, at or, or below one and a half degrees Celsius. And you know, there's a lot of folks that are now saying that 1.5 is probably not realistic, but every tenth of a degree we go above it, conditions get much worse. Mm. Worse mm-hmm. floods, worse droughts, more fires, more sea level rise. And, and and more significant than that is is the fact that we get to what scientists call a climate tipping point, where, you know, we can't bring things back into balance with the way they are. And, you know, we don't really have control over what takes place after that and you know more more of a, a doomsday sort of scenario so i see 2030 is very important because it enables us to stay on track to stay as close as we can to that magic 1.5 right so it's really important that we we put in our investments now right and get that compound interest going <laughs> that's right so are we currently on track to hit 2030 the short answer is no, um, but no, <laughs> but but you know, and and this is important. Experts agree that we can we can still get there, and that was really the latest message of the most recent assessment completed by the IPCC back you know this spring. Is they said, hey, look, we're not on the right path, but there are many paths that enable us to get back to where we need to be. Mm-hmm. And the key, as you can imagine, is you know acting, acting more quickly. So things like wind and solar are are on the right track. You know, electric vehicles, you know, have had an annual growth rate over the last five years of about fifty percent. So huge. It really is about moving faster, and moving faster yeah. is about having more aggressive, you know, policy in place. If we talk about the big players like Europe you know, the US, China, India, and Japan, right there, that's about two thirds of global emissions. And Europe, to their credit, is on the cusp, fingers crossed, of passing a robust climate plan. Not to say it couldn't be more aggressive, but, you know, they're definitely leading the way. The US, not surprisingly, we are lagging there. And while there are states that have stepped up, 
we still need the federal government to pass climate legislation. And, you know, if we look at China, which is really the other major player at about, you know, 30% of global emissions, they're lagging as well. But there are tools that Europe is helping put in place. They call like a border adjustment, which is sort of like a tax on carbon for incoming goods Mm. that will help act as a stick to encourage China to move in the right direction. And if the U.S. moves in that same direction, that's another stick. And so at least my humble opinion, that's going to be the best way to get China to change. You're hitting them with with taxes on their goods until they have, you know, similarly aggressive climate policies in place. Right. So obviously we're talking about something that feels really scary. It feels big. It feels like, hey, what can I do as as an individual that's really going to make a difference? But, you know, the reality is when we look at Europe and the momentum that's taking place there, that's not an accident. That's coming from political pressure from individuals who are trying to hold their governments accountable. And the, and the reason that climate legislation is being talked about in the US is, is the exact same thing. In the spirit of that, I want to give folks a couple organizations that they could look into and potentially volunteer with. Uh, 350.org is an international uh, organization focused on aggressive policies to get to you know, 100% renewable energy as well as divestment. So look them up. And another global organization, Citizens Climate Lobby, is focused on passing a price on carbon, the kind of price that we need to get us back to where, you know, we can hit that that 2030 target. And they too have chapters around the world. So check out 350.org or Citizens Climate Lobby, both great organizations and both give you the opportunity to get involved. So I don't know, yeah. Todd, what do you think? Well, you know, in light of our recent uh, Supreme Court decision that we discussed, that having, you know, strong leadership that's focused on climate change is, is more important than ever. And coming up here in, in several months is, you know, the midterm elections. And obviously this one is going to be huge, you know, for the future of climate. This could be a, a, a watershed moment one way or the other. So that, you know, that means we've really got to f- figure out how to support the right candidates in the right races, either by donating or getting involved somehow to help out you know, just kind of a rallying cry to get ready uh, for the midterms coming up. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, at the end of the day, if we have the right elected officials in office, climate legislation happens. And I do think that 2030 is still achievable. And I don't say that from my own expertise, that's really deferring to all these experts. And and in reading what they have to say, they're all very clear that these next this next year or two really determines our direction. And that all depends on you know, getting aggressive policies in place. So that's a wrap for our our short episode this week. Uh, Next week, we will be talking about the promise of e-bikes as a climate solution with the uh, director of marketing from from Trek Bicycles. So pretty excited about that. Come back and and tune in. Climate Optimus is made possible by Climate Stewards Collective. You can find us on the web at climateoptimus.co. And don't forget to follow us on social at Climate Optimus Podcast. Oh,